Welcome back. In this week's episode, we discuss the House Republican probe into the Biden family business dealings, Dr. Fauci's legacy of tyrannical incompetence, and China's lockdown protests. I'm Luke. And I'm Rody. And this is the Right Side of the Compass podcast. So, Rody, did you see who Trump had uh, dinner with? Uh, no, who? So he had business, uh, business, well, I guess he did have business. He had dinner with Kanye West as well as a certain Nick Fuentes. Wh- who's Nick Fuentes? So Nick Fuentes is this, uh, guy on the internet. He is, um, he's a conservative commentator, quote unquote. Um, and he's very, let's just say he calls himself... He prides on not being a friend to the Jews. Oh, wow. All right. Well, very interesting. Well, they had both of those guys over for dinner. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to me. I know a lot of people are interested in throwing Donald Trump under the the bus, bus. for this. Under the bus, yes. And uh, I'm while I am inclined to be very wary of that, because I, on the one hand, I don't want to punch right when the enemy's in front of me. On the other hand, I don't want to forget my interests as a Jew, and I'm not going to pretend that uh, all of a sudden bigotry is okay when it's on our side. But we have to keep these things in mind, and we also don't quite know what Trump was thinking during the meal. We also don't know what was going on. But let's we might even talk about it next week, but uh, it's interesting to note that this happened. This was a very big event because uh, – after the kerfuffle that Kanye West caused, uh, it's very interesting to see who he's now dealing with and who's still talking to him. So, yeah. All right, but uh, regardless, we do need to get into the episode. But before we begin, I do want to say that if you enjoy our content, if you're enjoying what we're putting out here, don't forget to like the video, share it with your friends, and subscribe to the channel. Be sure to hit the notification bell when you sign up so that you can be notified of all of our latest uploads. We are also on your favorite podcast sharing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and Google. And we're also on Rumble, and you can comment on the video to reach out to us, or you can reach out to us on Instagram, or you can find us on Twitter. Anyways, so you can find us there as well. We put a lot of work into this episode, so we hope you enjoy the content. Anyways, let's get back to the show. Now, the first order of business today is we're going to be talking about what I think was the most – one of the most important pieces of news that came out that very few people are talking about. Uh, the House Republicans are probing Joe Biden for his business dealings. Isn't that good? I mean it depends on how you look at it, but I think – it's interesting. We, we need to know these were things that should have been asked during the presidential campaign, which is actually one of the reasons that I'm very anti-voting month, because in my opinion, you should have until Election Day or the candidates should have like until Election Day to tell you why they should vote for why you should vote for them and not for the other guy. Right. Because if you have voting month, people who who like they make their decision, they're just going to vote early. But Really, the candidates have until election day to make, to convince you to vote for them, and this is a thing that should have come out uh, earlier. 
But in any case, now that the Republicans have control of the House, or at least they seem to have control of the House, um, there's a committee to talk about um, the Joe Biden's dealings in places like Ukraine and uh, things like that. So let's talk about this because this is, comes from the Committee on Oversight and Reform. So it's republicans-oversight.house.gov, right? This is the website. This is official government. Uh, this is official government uh, business, right? So this is what the this is what the report says. This was published on November seventeenth, two thousand twenty-two. We're looking. This is the headline: Comer, Comer, Biden family's influence peddling threatens national security. Right? Did you watch the video? Of uh, uh, yes, I did. It was pretty interesting. Uh, some of the things that they said, I found surprising. Yeah, I was looking, I was watching the video as well, and uh, the thing that, I, I guess, of course, you know, I think everyone was talking about Ukraine because of, you know, when Biden made those comments where he said, like, we got the son of a bitch fired or something to along those lines, essentially, it, you know the story of Ukraine, right? I mean, his son, you mean like with Hunter Biden? With Well, it was more like... Um, not with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden sat on the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian gas company, and we all know yeah. how Hunter Biden is so good at natural gas. Um, yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about farting. But the fired being, thing is something else? Yeah, the fired thing is something else, because there was uh, basically uh, – there was some – oh, I mean it was related to it, but basically what happened was is that they – the, I think the attorney general in Ukraine was looking into corruption in Burisma and uh, Joe Biden, because he was Obama's point man on Ukraine, he essentially told the Ukrainian president or whatever to fire the attorney general or the or the guy investigating in the or the prosecutor or something along those lines to fire the prosecutor or they wouldn't get any more aid from the Americans. And so they fired the prosecutor. Um, I think his name was Poroshenko or Lukashenko or something along the lines of that. And, uh, he even bragged about how he used his pull and, uh, we're talking, but that was of course something big that happened. And we need to talk about that as you know, that should have come up in the, uh, in the campaign. But now we're talking about, first of all, Joe Biden using Air Force Two for personal business dealings, as well as even human trafficking. Yeah, that one I was shocked by. I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, we don't know what it means, but what, what it can mean is that it can mean a couple things. It can mean that Joe Biden was using the the government agencies to help human traffickers in the United States move girls from South America to help them get lost in the United States. It could also be something along the lines of Hunter Biden, you know, in Eastern Europe, getting girls, you know, involved in the sex trade. Uh, but uh, the important thing to note is that uh, if the president of the United States is involved in human trafficking, then we deserve to know that, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I would think that's kind of important. So, I mean, it's crazy because I don't think anything will come of this. That's the thing. Like, they could find Joe Biden being implicated in some really crazy things. 
but the Senate's not going to act on it. Convict. Yes, they're not. Like, even if the Republicans in the House impeach, there's nothing really that's going to happen from it. So I'm not, I'm not also, like. These things, these things take time also. Like, it's been two years since the election, and now they're coming out with this stuff. So things take time. And so by the time they can even do anything, his presidency is going to be over. So it's not even going to matter anymore. But that's the thing. I don't – it doesn't have to do – if the Republicans had managed to hold the House and the Senate during the presidential election, I think that maybe would have we would have seen this stuff earlier. But the reality is is that because the Democrats controlled the House, there was no interest in this, right? There was no interest in exploring this. Everyone kind of knew this stuff. But, you know, when they impeached Richard Nixon, they found out that Richard Nixon and the Republicans did something so crazy, right? So, like, bugged uh, a Democrat meeting. If if I recall correctly, that's what Watergate was about. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, that, that kind of happened, and it happened all of a sudden. And these were crimes that took potentially place over many, many years, and – they're going to have to sit there and pontificate and they have, but they have the evidence. So, I- but I don't think anything will happen of it because we've become so partisan as a nat- nation. Yeah. Yeah. So right. yeah. And I, I agree. It's, it's, um, I don't, like I said, it's just, these things take time and it's just like, it kind of feels somewhat pointless at the same time. Right. So on the one hand, I agree with you. It is kind of pointless. I don't think anything will come of it in terms of political advantage, because I think the type of people that wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden were the type of people that already knew about this. Like It was kind of obvious to anyone with a functioning brain that Hunter Biden wasn't exactly the most kosher individual on the planet. Like you look at the degenerate that, you know, Hunter Biden was. He had so much you know, he had pictures of himself doing drugs on his, you know, on his laptop that he just left at the technician. Like, you would think yeah. that you know, this is this is a real degenerate individual. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like it should have been obvious to anyone that this was what was going on. But we'll see. This to me is more about the justice. This to me is more about the justice, and uh, I don't know. I do want to see it, but you're you're right in the sense that it's not going to go anywhere. So don't make it about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I wish I had something more to say, but honestly, this is so depressing. The human trafficking, really, it's just like, oh my god, I can't wow. believe the president of the United States was involved in human trafficking. Although, why can't I believe it? It's so not. It's so standard corruption at this point. Uh, I mean, similar with, uh, I don't know, Clinton and, uh, was it Epstein? Yeah, but, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? Um, I don't know, like, in terms of, you know, he had all these famous people and politicians and all that stuff. Yeah. By the way, this is your daily reminder that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, so just, uh... Yeah. Yeah. All all everything that's happened over the past few years has been in order to distract everyone from the fact that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. COVID and the election and everything that's all designed to make people forget that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, yes. So, anyways, so let's talk about the next topic, which is Dr. Fauci's, uh, you know, legacy. His legacy of tyrannical incompetence, right? So this is from the Wall Street. I haven't heard about him in a long time. That's what I was about to say. Can you... I re- I remember how COVID was kind of over for a while, and then it came back a little bit, but then it kind of just stopped. And I think everyone's just done. It's been like three years now. I think no one wants to hear the word COVID anymore. There are a couple of morons in the school that still wear the masks, but at this point, they're just, you know, I just laugh at them, um, which they deserve to be laughed at. That's honestly like anyone who still wears a mask deserves to be laughed at i saw a really funny meme where they're like oh isn't it sad that we're you know it's only it's gonna be in a month uh 2023 and we're still recovering from covid which will now be almost four years ago (laughs) no isn't it three years ago because 2020 to 2021 2021 2019 no no not really not really. It's still three years. It's still three years. But okay, fine. I mean, like, it's still unacceptable. It's still unacceptable that we we've essentially destroyed our future because of the cough. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah. No. So you and I both know that Dr. Fauci stopped being a household name a while ago. No one was wearing really wearing the masks. I think everyone stopped taking all the various vaccine boosters. Right. Which. The all work, they're all very, very useful because that's what YouTube wants me to say, right? So they're all very useful and you should all take <laughs> your vaccines because that is what YouTube is telling me to tell you. Anyways, so – but this is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, this is the opinion section. The Wall Street Journal as, a, as an opinion or as a newspaper is fake news, but sometimes they run some good opinions. Uh, and this is from – the opinion section, life science, public distrust of health officials is Anthony Fauci's legacy. And so this was written by Alicia Finley. And uh, this is a very, very short article, but uh, you know, this is interesting. Anthony Fauci gave his final press conference last week as head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, a post he has held since 1984. That's crazy. Can you imagine? 1984. Don't you think it's a bit on the nose? 1984. <laughs> <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um. And so this is what was. So, anyways, coincidence I, I much? <laughs> no, it's definitely not a coincidence. Sometimes life imitates art very nicely. Um, Regrets about how he handled the COVID-19 pandemic? He had a few, but too few to mention. Asked how dubious public health advice from the Trump White House affected progress during the pandemic, Dr. Fauci boasted, well, you remember, let me do my Dr. Fauci voice. Well, you remember, if you were around, that at this podium, I contradicted those which set off a whole series of things in my life. He added, the people who have correct information, who take science seriously, who don't have strange, way-out theories about things, but who base what they say on evidence and data need to speak up more. Because the other side that just keeps putting out misinformation and disinformation seems to be tireless in that effort. Strange, way-out theories? You can only guess whom he had in mind. Those who argue... It's a very good impression, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
My Dr. Fauci impression is very good. You see, you dumb schmucks, you just need to put on the mask and take the vaccine. Take the Fauci ouchie because I am the science. And what and when I say science, I mean the real science, not the fake science of actually investigating hypotheses and coming up with conclusions based on data, but on the religious convictions that what I and the various uh, government-appointed priests of the science have to say. That's the real science. So you should listen to me, because I'm Dr. Fauci, and I wouldn't ever harm you. Anyways, so you could only guess whom he had in mind, those who argued COVID likely leaked from a Chinese lab, opposed lockdowns in favor of focusing protection on the most vulnerable, questioned the science of mask mandates, and said schools should remain open since children were at low risk of illness. Dr. Fauci said he wants to be remembered for his work on infectious diseases such as HIV and Ebola prior to the pandemic. Oh, you know how like we still have HIV and AIDS? Uh, Yeah. So he wants to be remembered for curing HIV, even though he never did such a thing. Okay, we can remember him for that. Mm. I'm I'm totally okay with remembering him that for for him for that as well. Although COVID is really really very important, it is a frag. Oh wait, no, no, I need to read this in my Fauci voice. Although COVID is really really very important, it is a fragment of the total forty years that I've been doing it. Alas, Dr. Fauci's legacy will be marred by his divisive and arrogant leadership on that really, really very important fragment. Starting with the dissembling on masks, when the virus began to spread in the U.S., he advised that there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. He later reversed himself and acknowledged his earlier guidance was based on worries that there wouldn't be enough masks for healthcare workers. In other words, he told an expedient lie. Yeah, he did. He did tell an mm-hmm. expedient lie. Right. And so um, it goes over more on how he contradicted himself and said things that um, were uh, were expedient to his political cause, which, you know, then. Right. So these are the last two paragraphs. Um, How dare anyone question question Dr. Fauci's expertise and judgment? If you don't agree with him, you don't believe in science. It's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous, Dr. Fauci asserted last November. But open debate and inquiry is the essence of the scientific method. Like all of us, Dr. Fauci is a mere mortal who has character flaws, hubris most of all. He presented himself as infallible. Many liberals all but worshipped him. His high-handedness and lack of candor with the public sowed distrust in health officials and vaccines. No matter how much he pleads to the contrary, that will be his legacy. I think she doesn't go far enough in this in this uh, in this criticism of Dr. Fauci. No. No, because the thing is, is let's put it this way, right? Um, I remember I was watching a video by this rabbi, and he said, like, essentially along the lines of, you know, you everyone believes in someone. Everyone has a god, right? Or or like a god, and therefore everyone has a priesthood, right? So, for example, you know. If your priesthood is the Catholic Church, then what the Catholic bishop says goes, right? But people will say, oh, the Catholic bishop is wrong, or the Catholic bishop has an agenda, or this or that. But those same people won't even question the New York Times. They won't question, you know, Dr. Fauci. They won't question the government. They just assume that if the government says so, it must be true. And that there's no agenda beyond, you know, saving your life or telling you the truth, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
So that's kind of the thing. Like she's ignoring the fact that there is, he does represent the science, just science to him means the, uh, the unelected bureaucrats that are in charge of telling Americans what to think about food and disease and the climate and basically all the things it's it these are answers to questions that are very religious in nature right this is a religion to these people so dr fauci's legacy isn't going to be uh, uh that a distrust of you know of health officials it's going to be his political and religious activism mm-hmm yeah. No, I, I, I understand what you're saying. What do you think? That he's trying very hard to be... Rem- I mean, everyone's trying to leave a legacy behind. And so he's trying to, through any means, try to trying to stay relevant. Right. That's that's interesting that you say that 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 he wants a legacy cuz I think most men want a legacy. That's that's one of the reasons why men typically like it when their wife adopts their last name and their kids typically like they're part of like the man leads the household because he wants the legacy, right? And so you know, it's interesting Dr. Fauci wants this legacy because you know, I I was I was remembering I think it was uh who said this? Uh, Chuck Schumer, the other day, he came out and said, oh, yeah, we have this problem that no one that we need people to come to the country to do work. So we're going to get all these illegal aliens. Right. But a lot of conservatives were saying, well, hold on a minute. I have a solution to the problem. You know, ban abortions and get people marrying again. And then you, you will have people multiplying and having kids. and You don't need to import people from the third world. Right. So, yeah. you know, so we see that when the, the elite want their legacy, they, they can try to have it. But if, let's say, some kid who, who knows he can't get laid because he just, you know, because there's, you know, there's too many things going against him and, you know, the women are becoming men. So he, he can't find a date because between, you know, feminism and transgenderism and all this, he can't find a date, right? That guy doesn't deserve a legacy. Dr. Fauci deserves a legacy. And I agree, Dr. Fauci should have a legacy. I just want his legacy to be one of shame and dishonor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny because in ancient Rome, they used to uh, destroy. If, let's say, there was a bad emperor, he was a very bad emperor. So one of the things they would do is after he would die, they would smash all of his idols, like all the, you know, the statues of him. Statues of him, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because that was kind of like the the Roman way of saying, we don't like your legacy. Yeah, and so, like, we'd rather forget. Yeah, we'd rather forget your legacy, so. But I want everyone to remember Dr. Fauci as, as a tyrant. That's what I want everyone to remember Dr. Fauci as. So. Yeah. Speaking of like tyrants. That. Yeah, speaking of tyrants, let's go to topic number three. Uh, Rody, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, topic number three? Yeah, so it's funny. It's actually a good transition because <clears throat> we're talking about COVID and, you know, and having power. So basically, there's been a lot of protesting in China recently over the COVID restrictions. So apparently, China passed a a 
zero uh uh they passed a zero covid you know tolerance uh policy and essentially so like and what um and what triggered basically um this this outrage so what what happened was is that there was a deadly fire uh last thursday in urumuki i can't read that but <laughs> um and the capital of the far western region of Xinjiang, the blaze killed at least 10 people and injured nine in an apartment building, leading to the public fury after videos of the incident appeared to show lockdown measures had delayed firefighters from reaching the victims. Um, the city has been lo under lockdown for more than 100 days, with residents unable to leave the region and many forced to stay home. Um, so basically, after this fire, um, a lot of people are just sick and tired of, I guess, the these uh, restrictions, and I guess with the power of the, you know, the overbearing power of the government of the of the uh, CCP, and so it seems so you have all these different protests breaking out, <clears throat> some more peaceful than others, and the police is trying to like get rid of them but like it seems like in china you know covid hasn't gone away <laughs> well you so, know you know the yeah. government's correct though the important thing is that the people don't die of covid it's okay to die in a burning building but you know you can't, we can't have you dying of covid that would mess with the statistics so i i see where the government's coming from here <laughs> yeah but like you know you don't want to i mean these people's freedoms are, you know, at stake. That's the issue. But, but they never had freedom. The, these are the Chinese aren't a free people. They never were. That's not how the Chinese view the world, right? Like you go to China and you talk about individual liberties. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like there's not a thing that registers. They rightly they rightly understand that society matters. Like here in the West, we have this opposite problem where we we kind of don't see any value in society. We kind of think you could do whatever you want as long as you're not slapping someone over the head. You could do whatever you want. Consequences be damned. You don't owe anything to your, your parents. You don't owe anything to the future. If you want to cut your penis off and pretend you're a vagina, uh, you want to pretend you're a woman, totally cool. You, you don't have any responsibility to the people around you to – get married, to have kids, to be, you know, chaste and to be moral and to not promote bad values. There's nothing, there's nothing in our society. Like the Chinese have the opposite problem where uh, than, than our problem, which is they have almost no sense of self, right? Think about how long it, it, you needed people to die in a burning building because of COVID for them to come out and say, you know what, maybe we should allow people to leave their houses, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah. No, you were saying? I, I didn't continue. No, I was just uh, saying that, like, I don't know, it's been a while, you know, since COVID. So, like, I don't know, I, you would think, like, oh, it would have gone away. So, like, why are they still um, so strict about it? Be That's an excellent question because I don't know why they're. Because in, in the United States, I understand why they're trying to do it, because they're trying to beat their population into submission, right? But the Chinese, you know, if you would just leave them alone, they don't have a problem with the Chinese Communist Party. That's, that's what I'm trying to understand. Like, what's the deal? Like, 
this is only going to enrage people. Like, like that's the thing. The Chinese used to be much smarter at this authoritarianism than the Russians were, for example. The Russians were very bad at it. Within a generation, their whole system collapsed, right? But the Chinese were smart. They knew to let up on the brakes a bit just long enough for, you know, their society to work, right? Yeah. Well, also, it's not fully communist. It's a mixed mixed socialist economy. It's a a little bit different. Right, but they did it for pragmatic reasons. They did it in a very pragmatic way. Like, they're still communist in the way that matters, which is that the state has its hand in all... Yeah, Yeah. the state has its hand in all, like, monetary economic decisions, but they allow, you know, smart people to, you know, kind of flex their, you know... They allow smart people to become rich through flexing their economic brains and allowing them to manage things. Whereas the Soviet Union appointed you know they they were much more direct in their political appointments whereas the chinese at least allow a kind of pretense of capitalism on some level yeah exactly yeah right so yeah so but i don't know do do you think this is going to bring about some change or do you think that it doesn't matter no, the i don't think anything's going to happen i think it's just the news talking about it and criticizing china but like when has criticism over china ever stopped them so like it's they've been protesting unless like all 1.4 billion people protest it's not gonna make a difference it's like hundreds it's like hundreds of people and they're all in different places and then you know the police is disbanding them and arresting them so it's it's not or 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 some of them are more peaceful than others. So it's it's not I, I really don't think it's gonna make any sort of difference. I think it's kind of just people bringing well, it to our attention. Well, that's the thing, right? You, you, you remember in one of the things that makes the bar so interesting as a as a like, you know, when you can leave your house and you go to the bar, right? You could talk with your friends about things, right? Now you can't do that. Now all your communication is done online. So the Chinese government is able to monitor effectively what everyone's saying. They either say it on the internet or they shut the F up. Yeah, I mean, but they're saying it on the streets now. It's not on the internet. Yeah, but they, they are, but think about what it took for hundreds of people to gather in China yeah, probably, by word of mouth. Yeah, whereas, right. whereas if they could gather at the bars and plan more effectively, you know, think about it. Yeah, no, you're right. So, why do you think the? Why do you think the? It's so crazy though that the news is reporting on this. Though you would think. Well, I'm on CNN now, so I know, right? <laughs> but like, I was interested to see oh. what CNN has to say about it. But like, it seems like they're. Not taking the side of China, from what I'm reading. No, they can't do it. They can't do it. Obviously, what's what's CNN's motto? Like the most trusted name in news. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. That's, uh... Here it says by Sunday evening, mass demonstration has spread to Beijing, Chengdu, Guan, Guangzhou, and Wuhan where thousands of residents called for not only to end to COVID restrictions, but more remarkably, political freedoms. 
Residents in some lockdown neighborhoods tore down barriers and took to the streets. Um, protests also took place on campuses, including the prestigious institutions of Peking University and Tsinghua University. I'm butchering all these names, so please forgive me. Um, it's Peking, it's they, Peking University, like Peking Duck. Yeah, um, and Communication University of China, Nanjing. Um, yeah, so well, it just seems like um, in Hong Kong. Yeah, so basically, that's basically what's happening. Um, is all that? I wonder if the students are because it's interesting because actually, the Chinese actually what they do is they send communist students abroad to be like CCP moles in American universities. So I wonder if these students are actually pro freedom or they're just anti the lockdowns and they I mean, think probably, they can do a better time. A lot of times they'll go to other countries and then see how they work, and then you know sometimes it might influence them the opposite way. Maybe we don't know, um, but yeah, we like it's. I don't. I don't have an opinion honestly because China's kind of screwing everything up. So if they collapse, I'm I'm very happy, and the Chinese people should you know kind of do something about it. But whatever, we'll see. I don't. I don't know how compatible the Western notions of freedom are with like these East Asian countries that are very Confucian in outlook and have been for many, many years. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't, I don't expect this to turn into a Western style democracy. If that's what you're wondering. No, no I'm not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah. I would be, I would, I would literally, I would, I would eat my shorts. <laughs> that were probably made in China. Most definitely made in China. <laughs> All right. Anyway, but yeah, so I think that's it for today. Um, yeah. So thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Right Side of the Compass podcast. Remember to like the video, share it with all your friends, and subscribe to the channel. In addition, hit the notification bell to be notified of all of our latest uploads. You can reach out to us or on the video, or you can reach out to us on the social network of your choice. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So please reach out to us there. We put a lot of work into this episode, so we thank you for joining us this week, and we look forward to seeing you next time.